Section 63 of the Turquoise Storybook Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Nicole Kristen. The Turquoise Storybook Stories and Legends of Summer and Nature by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner. Section 63 The Plucky Prince once upon a time there lived a king who was exceedingly rich his palace was built of rare marble in his majesty's dining room food was served on plates and in vessels of pure gold the royal family wore robes fashioned from richest silk and costliest ermine but although the king's household lived in this royal way his majesty gave strict orders to all in the palace that nothing should be wasted the command was intended particularly for the crown prince who spent money lavishly it seemed as if he had never learned the proper value of things and his extravagance was the talk of all the people in the kingdom the king had had many stormy interviews with his reckless son again and again did this wasteful prince promise to mend his ways but before long he forgot his pledge and did something which was marked by astonishing extravagance at last the king's patience came to an end he decided to disinherit the prince and banish him from the royal household filled with wrath his majesty sent for the youth and in sternest words gave the following decree henceforth you are banished from this palace flee from my presence the carefree manner of the prince at these words exasperated his majesty who grew white with rage and said prodigal listen further to my stern decree i forbid you to wear any clothing made from skins of beasts or the threads of the silkworm your exiled cave shall not be lighted by oil or taper nor by candles of tallow or wax you shall taste no vegetables that grow under the earth or on vines in the sunlight your hunger shall not be fed by fish flesh or fowl be gone thou prodigal go starve upon the plain nevermore shalt thou waste my wealth thou art banished this is my stern decree the young prince was too much astonished at this outburst of rage to realize the measure of the punishment the king had put upon him he turned and left his majesty presence without a word but although somewhat dazed by his royal father's decree the youth snapped his finger gaily as he slammed the palace door and said in his usual carefree way the king has left me the mighty help of trees so long as i may use the blessed trees of the earth i shall not perish nor lack enjoyment and whistling a merry tune he passed out of the gate of the royal park i shall not shelter in a dark cave mused the prince Immediately he planned to build a spacious home from carefully selected wood. For the stout rafters he chose heavy English oak and for the floors smooth Norwegian pine. Beautiful pillars of palmetto were raised to hold the roof made of cypress singles and strengthened by oaken eaves and carved gargoyles. After the house was completed the floors were covered with curious palm mating dyed crimson by the stain of tropical logwood. The rooms were furnished with rich chairs, tables and couches made from rosewood 
basswood, black walnut, and fragrant sandalwood. Nothing was lacking in his home of beauty and comfort. The merry prince examined his house with great pride. Now, said he, I mean to give a ball and show his majesty the king what luxury is mine, even though he left me nothing but the precious trees to furnish my house, clothing, and larder. Accordingly, invitations were sent to the royal family and many knights and ladies of high degree. The king was very much surprised to receive word from his banished son. It's a huge joke, said his majesty. However, we'll accept the invitation and see what sport the prodigal can offer us. On the night of the ball, the prince was dressed in a superb robe made from the fiber of the cocoa tree. His fine dancing shoes were made of caoutchouc and on his brow he wore a coronet of laurel leaves. With princely grace, he received the king, knights and ladies in a large hall brilliantly lighted with candle nuts in sconces. The rooms were fragrant with pink apple blossoms from Maine and rich magnolia and orange blossoms from the Southland. The king and his train could not hide their astonishment at the superb beauty of the rooms and decorations. I wonder what the scapegoat will offer us to eat, whispered the king to the high chancellor. Providing refreshment from trees will tax his wits more than building and furnishing a house, answered the chancellor, smiling. It was not long before the guests were invited into the dining room, where a sumptuous feast awaited them. His majesty looked with astonishment at the variety of luscious fruit heaped on large wooden platters, curiously carved. Some of them held the products of the north, apples, pears, plums, cherries, grapes and peaches. Others were filled with tempting fruit from the south, bananas, oranges, pomegranates, figs, dates, ripe olives, juicy sorsops and creamy durians. Delicious breadfruit from the tropics and rich cassava cakes from Java were served with luscious guava jam. Beautiful wooden bowls held almonds, English walnuts, filberts, pecans, chestnuts, Chinese nuts, and Brazilian creams. Dainty wicker baskets held sweets made of maple sugar cream covered with chocolate or coconut. The king declared that the grape juice and sweet pear cider were daintier than any wine he had ever tasted. After the feast was ended, the prince, with merry twinkling eyes, said to his father, See what a man banishment has made of me. To the youth's astonishment, his majesty smiled graciously, and in the presence of the high chancellor and all the knights and ladies, the king embraced his son and said, Banishment has made a man of you, and furthermore, you have taught all of us the wonders of the woodland. Welcome back to my heart, O Prince. And the High Chancellor, knights and ladies of high degree all said, Long live our plucky prince. Adapted from a poem by May Bryan. End of section 63.